This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right on, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. With your hosts, David Hawn. I want to remind people, there is no award for coming to the conclusion fastest on a quarterback in your football city. Nobody remembers, and frankly, nobody cares. And Dan Weeder. Particularly in this town, we start to get the extremes trying to outshout each other, right? Those who think that he's a bust are trying to outshout those who think that he's going to be an absolute seven-time All-Pro. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast, episode 23 and a half, following the Bears' 49-29 to loss to the Dallas Cowboys at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Yes, 49 to 29. Dan Weeder is in the press box at AT&T Stadium. How would you describe the post-game scene, Dan, after that one? Look, David, I think it's a, there's a sense of frustration in the Bears locker room, and I think a lot of it is revolving around just kind of the emotion-filled and event-filled seven days that they've had and not being able to follow up that resounding win on Monday night in New England with a, a performance that was crisper and cleaner than this one was. I think you could have left Dallas with a loss and still felt good, but to give up 49 points, to give up 442 yards, to not be able to get off the field on third down at any point in the game and just to, 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 to really shoot yourself in the foot at key moments is disappointing for this team. I think the one thing that I wrote down in my notebook going on on the elevator down to the locker room was that they're not there yet, right? Like, I think this was just further confirmation that they don't have enough talent, enough experience, enough consistency to thrive in measuring stick games like this. And today was was proof of that, in my opinion. This is the Take the North podcast. You can get it on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Download Listen and subscribe. We were dropping this tonight. This is our reaction to what happened. We'll drop another one on Tuesday morning based on what we hear Monday and kind of looking at the game again. And then obviously every Friday, we will look ahead to the Sunday game. The rest of the games are noon on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be into a little bit of a rhythm here, which will be nice. I'll just give you my quick reaction to what we watched, Dan. I, I think you're right. They're not there yet. I think that it's a it's a difficult day because the defense took such a major step backward. You can't yeah. stop the run. You give up 49 points. You're not going to win regardless of how memorable any one play was or any one series was. You give up 200 yards rushing on a day your opponent scores 49 points, you are cooked and you are a long way from respectability. So that was my biggest takeaway is that regardless of what we saw offensively, and people will – around Chicago feel very good about the progress that Justin Fields made for the second straight week. And we will get into that. And we certainly consider that 
But from a bigger picture, and I think that's the way that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are looking at this, this was a very demoralizing day because after Monday Night Football, you thought maybe your defense had taken a step forward, and they were obliterated. Ezekiel Elliott's on the sideline as a cheerleader today, right? And so you have a, an opportunity here to, to try to go against an opponent that doesn't have full strength offensively. And Tony Pollard turns 14 carries into 131 yards and three touchdowns, none bigger than the 54-yarder that came on third and one where the Bears looked like they they could have you know gotten back in the game and they had two defenders in the backfield with Eddie Jackson and Roquan Smith on Tony Pollard's heels. He obviously cuts it outside, bounces between Nick Morrow and al Muhammad and is off to the race. Cases, it's a backbreaker, right? On a day full of moments where there was just chances to to make a game more of a game, and then the Bears just let it get away. That was one sequence. Uh, we can talk in a minute about the the third quarter disaster that kind of let this thing get out of reach after they had made another rally similar to the one that they made in Minneapolis earlier in the month uh, to, to to show some life and show some resilience and show some heart. And then you just make some some, some big errors that have uh, huge ramifications. We knew there would be days in this season where the talent disparity would just be too much to overcome. Yeah. And we can talk about the hits principle and the the coachiest of coaches and how there's evidence of coaching and a buy-in and all those things that are intangibles that I think make a difference when you're talking about one possession games with teams that are comparable in skill and all those those things being true. But what we saw today was just how far away the Bears are from being one of those teams and just how bereft in overall talent the roster really is. And I I think a lot of people maybe thought they could do it again, but as much as it showed what the bears don't have, I think it also showed maybe where the Patriots are in their, in their season and and their development, because that, that victory meant a lot because it was on a national stage and there were a lot of good things, but that's a bad football team. The bears took care of business. This was a, good, potentially great football team they saw today, and they couldn't. Let's not forget that in early September, I projected these Dallas Cowboys to be playing on the final Sunday of the NFL season in the Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills. And so this team is obviously on a roll right now. They're six and two and they're playing with a level of confidence and and cohesion that I think is, is pretty notable. But you go through that first half drive chart that the Cowboys had 11 plays, 75 yards, touchdown, eight plays, 69 yards, touchdown, six plays, 75 yards, touchdown, eight plays, 54 yards, touchdown, four touchdowns on the first four possessions of the game. That is inexcusable for a Matt Eberflus defense that prides itself on effort and being able to have answers and just the inability, again, to get off the field on third down to make any sort of notable stops. And it wasn't until Eddie Jackson made that interception late in the first half, which was a big play. It actually opened the door for the Bears to to make this a game again. But they just had so few of those moments today, uh, particularly defensively, that that allow you to to measure up in, in a big game. Good resilience, 16 unanswered points in a six-minute span. Nobody's going to doubt that they do play hard. They always are going to play hard, and I respect that about this group. But there's a difference between playing hard and playing well, and we just saw too many times they were overwhelmed, and, and, and that offensive line for the Cowboys just did whatever they wanted to do. And Tony Pollard's a very good back, and Dak got rolling. He did, and he was in rhythm, and he made one, maybe two bad passes all day long. Let's get to the point where we talk about the Justin Fields, Micah Parsons exchange, the 36-yard fumble return. I I do want to uh, get your, uh, I guess, reporting from the locker room, give you my impression. It came with five minutes left in the third quarter. Everybody saw it. It's the most memorable play of this game. It will mislead people into thinking maybe some certain things are true. Micah Parsons 
gets the fumble, hustles downfield. David Montgomery drops the ball. Parsons recovers it, doesn't get touched. Fields hurdles him. Parsons returns at 36 yards, weaves through traffic, and shows his athleticism. And then that was the end of it. If you had any hope of the Bears coming back, they were dashed at that moment. And look, Justin Fields has to find a way to remember the presence of mind to touch him. It's a big ask, but it's football 101. How did it go post game, and what did you think of that play? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a mistake. It's a major mental mistake that can't happen for a team that that emphasizes these kinds of details. Uh, I'll read you the Justin Fields quote. I asked him about it. The, the first thing we asked him about when he came into his news conference, he said, that's my fault for just hopping over him. I should have tagged him, but I can't tell you the last time I made a tackle. I just have to be more aware in that situation. Uh, inexcusable, right? Like, it's just it's a play that your, your football instincts have to kick in. You have to know to touch that guy. You have to have other bodies on the Bears offense getting over there. We would be be remiss not to mention that that play starts because David Montgomery puts the ball on the ground, which you just can't have happen in the game you're trying to claw to get back in. And I'll even rewind further than that because this is part of a sequence in the third quarter where it all unraveled. Khalil Herbert scores, and all of a sudden it's 28-23. And the way this game started with the Cowboys doing anything they wanted offensively and at will, now all of a sudden you're in the third quarter and you're within five points. And on the ensuing series, you've got the Cowboys pushed back into third and nine, right? This is the moment where if you meet that moment and you get a stop and you get off the field now all of a sudden the whole thing has changed and what happened from there the bears gave up four consecutive first downs on the next four plays the the the, the cowboys eventually punched it in with a a pollard touchdown and then on the the third snap of, of the ensuing drive, you have the fumble and the, the inability to touch Micah Parsons and Micah Parsons is in the end zone for his first career touchdown. And now all of a sudden it's just gotten away from you again, right? It's a 19 point margin. And, and you've just, you, you've just done the things that a team with your margin for error cannot do. And so I think that's part of what, what is going to frustrate the bears as they review this. I think the other thing I'll read this to you from Matt Eberflus, because I think that this is uh, pretty straightforward in what he told the guys. He said, guys, we're going to look at the tape and we're going to see it. There's no mystery here. It's about good fundamentals and technique, and you have to do that down in and down out. So I think that the coach understands that there isn't going to be anything on that film that's surprising. It's just going to be a lot of fundamental breakdowns that that result in, in what is eventually a 20-point loss. It was actually a great teaching moment for Matt Eberflus and the hits principle the next time he goes to a clinic, perhaps. But it was the opponent practicing it. Yeah. Great, great hustle by Parsons. Great intensity. Great takeaway uh, instinct. And great smart situational football by getting up, knowing he's not been touched, and running back and returning it for a touchdown that was a defensive score in a game you didn't want to let the Bears get back into. So that was great for the Cowboys, uh, kind of one of those things that with the Bears, when you talk, start talking about this is where they were, this is where they are. And whether that's in three months or three years, that play will be used as part of the reel of this is where they were. This is what they yeah. weren't doing. They weren't making yep. the smart plays, and that's how far they have to go. That said, Dan, I don't think either one of us are trying to fool anybody into believing that had they made that play, had they tagged him down, they would have competed or, or been in this football game. Well, you would, have, you would have had to make a few more. <laughs> yeah, you would have had to make a lot more. You're right. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. And and, and so there was two things I wanted to ask you about because on the Matt Eberflus ledger for today, there's two things that bothered me. One of these goes in the the Luke Getze column of the Matt Eberflus ledger. But the first thing is the shovel pass at the end of the first half when the Bears are obviously in field goal range to to attack on some more points to close it to 28-17 before the half. But there's 11 seconds left and it's third and four from the 18-yard line. And they they called a – shovel pass to David Montgomery up the middle. It, it went for no gain. And I was just trying to figure out what they were trying to accomplish there. I asked both Justin and Matt about it after the game. Matt said, oh, it was a, a play we liked. We, you know, we need to get some blockers there. I just, I, I just, it, the, the strategy there just, it boggles my mind because here you have a moment where if you can't trust your quarterback to, and you don't have a play in your book to, to, allow him to take a shot in the end zone that is low risk, right? Like everything comes with some risk, but certainly there's something you can do that allows him to take a shot in the end zone. And if it's incomplete, it's incomplete and you don't want to get it intercepted. But at the very least, you you have a chance to, to, to kick the field goal still. And it just, it just boggled my mind. Great question. I think it was their sort of conditioned response to wanting to get points out of the turnover. Sure. I don't, I don't think they trusted Justin Fields in that moment to – not turn the ball back over and to come away empty handed and to go into the the halftime locker room deflated a little bit. So I think it was more conservative than it needed to be Um, much more. It wasn't the worst call of the day. Uh, my, My two other things, I had two other calls that bothered me more than that one. The double pass. Good idea. Terrible. (laughs) <laughs> Terrible timing. I mean, yeah, yeah. good idea maybe of Christian McCaffrey is your guy throwing the pass and you've got all those other weapons. I don't know. But and then Luke Getze, who I like, and he's leaning into this running identity, great. Midseason, that, that's all you've got. But when you're in the, in the shotgun and you've got David Montgomery and the Wildcat faking the handoff and a big – that didn't work either for me. A little too gimmicky, a little too cute. And you don't need to be cute. You're running the ball down somebody's throat. You've got a quarterback with legs and weapons and – He's been making a couple throws that were showing progress. I don't need. I don't think he needed to get as cute as he tried to be in a couple of those occasions. They wound up with 371 total yards, which is a nice output given where this offense was a month ago. 240 on the ground, right? We talked all week about this is the NFL's leading rushing attack, averaging 181 per game, and they go 59 beyond that, right? right. Against against a, a Cowboys defense that we talked about also that is pretty tenacious and has some teeth to it. And this, so, to, so, so to have the output, right? 22 first downs, 29 points, 371 yards, you say, okay, as we zoom out, on this game there are things here that you you should feel about if you're the bears the other thing i wanted to ask about david was late in the game they were still kind of playing for a stop and they were taking timeouts with five minutes to go they're down 20 i think we all agreed it was out of reach but then when they got the ball back with 317 left they decided it was trevor time right and they turned it over to trevor simeon and put in some backup linemen and put in Tristan ebner and and i i don't know why this one maybe it bothers me more than it should but it just felt like a moment that for an offense that needs to work on situational 
little stuff that would have been a great opportunity to just go into your two-minute offense and just see, like, okay, guys, like, let's just pretend we're in a game here, right? Can we go execute a two-minute drive here? I know I think they were probably a little bit worried about the the, the Cowboys pinning their ears back and teeing off on Justin Fields for the last series, uh, but I don't know. That one, that one bothered me, too, because there was a lot of time left in that game to get some more work for a, a quarterback and an offense that needed. I'd love that it bothered you, but it didn't bother me. In okay. fact, I had, I had the opposite reaction watching at home. I had the reaction like, okay, this is going to be a rally or a two-minute drill that would lead nowhere to a nothing touchdown, and the risk uh, okay. is not worth the reward. Because I think in that case, Justin Fields had already gone into the injury tent once during the game. He's also a guy who had gotten as much out of his body. He took some hits again. The kid's tough. Yeah. And and I felt like, all right, I get what you're get doing here. You're protecting your quarterback. Let Trevor Simeon get a couple snaps because they would be empty calories. If you made some progress, it wouldn't mean a thing because you wouldn't really be accomplishing them in real time. And all you would be doing would be exposing him to the kind of hit that he took when he misread the read option on the and and boom, unblocked Lawrence hits him and takes him into next week. Yeah. You don't want to do that again. So I was okay with that. I didn't have a big problem with that. And I also thought if you wanted to get some offensive linemen some time, that was actually more important than maybe Trevor Simeon seeing some time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, right. Like, and I, I don't know that Trevor needs to get a whole lot of work unless they just really feel like those few plays that he ran suddenly advanced their offense. It was three plays and they punted one final time. Right. I mean, <laughs> right, he, he right, threw right. one pass to Valus Jones. And so right. it is what it is. I mean, I, like, I, I, again, I just, I think we, we, got confirmation again that this this team is a long way off from the upper echelon of this league and and so nothing in this performance was surprising i think it's going to just again be a test of their uh, mental willpower to go back into the building this week and understand like okay you know we're we're, we're pretty much halfway through the year we're three and five we see where we stand and we still got to be committed to the grind right because like if we're going to be really good in 2023 if we're going to be better in 2024 it all starts with how much we can grind out at the 2022 season and so this is another test of that again look this defense got shredded today and they're going to welcome a miami dolphins offense next week that has the potential to shred them again right and so you you better get up quickly before we get to the game balls and any three-word descriptions I, i think we have to bring attention to the fact that if Justin Fields had posted a career low passer rating, we would want to at least acknowledge that in the first segment. Sure. And he had a career best at 120. Dan, I think that he made progress for another week. I think there are a couple of throws that he would want back. He underthrew Equinemius St. First Brown, one of the game, yep. Opening play of the drive, and, and you, you want to hit that. Who knows how that might have affected in terms of the momentum. And also, there, there were a couple others that probably are things that he regretted. But overall... The short passes had a little more touch. He was a little more accurate, and he is feeling it when they let him run, and that touchdown run was dynamic in a great display, as other runs were, of just how special he is and how much the Bears are leaning into that now. Yeah, some of the tuck and runs were, were special in terms of escaping pressure and getting out on the move and then moving the chains, and it's those, it's those things that drive opposing defenses absolutely batty, having to put up with that all afternoon long. So I, I do think that if we're looking at you know October 30th compared to where we were on, on September 30th, we've seen growth this month in right. a five-game a five game stretch, and, and that's all we were asking for from this team and this quarterback, right? Like, stay in the growth mindset, figure out how to make progress little by little, and, and, and you see it now. They're starting to come together a little bit offensively. Uh, there's just a lot 
more to go, right? And I think that's where, it, again, it's, it becomes a test of of how much you're willing to, to stay in it because it's, it, I mean, this is a climb, right? It's an exhausting grind-filled climb that they got to go through. I, I did think the touchdown passes were, were really nice, a ball to, to Nikhil Harry. Uh, just, Justin saw something pre-snap, adjusted a protection, uh, saw a, a zero blitz coming, and, and then just made a good read and a good throw to Nikhil Harry. And then the, the one to Komet is just, it's a touch pass, right? And we've seen <laughs> plays like that be missed by this quarterback in this offense before. And so it was a good route, a good throw, and those are things to build on, right? And that's that's what you're looking for. Even in a 20-point loss, you can take things and and try to use them as stepping stones. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's bring in Adam Studzinski, our ace reporter, our producer and reporter, uh, and talk about giving out game balls, and then we'll get to our three-word descriptions. Hey, Studs, what did you think? Anybody worthy of a game ball? It will be slightly deflated, <laughs> Justin Jones style today after a 49 to 29 loss. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I gave my game ball last week to to Justin Fields, and I'm going to do it again this week. I mean, when you look at, I don't know who else deserves a game ball. Justin, you know, they lost the game, but you guys just said it. He probably had the best game of his career for the second straight week. 120 quarterback rating. He accounted for 211 yards of offense. He's accounted for, I think it was 470 some yards of offense the last two weeks when I when I added that up after the game. And he he was the only reason the Bears were ever in the game at any point. You know, you get that E. Jackson pick, I know. And, and he wasn't perfect, but... They would without him. They would have lost this game by thirty points, or maybe maybe worse. So I'm going with Justin Fields, and I agree with you guys. I think he's shown a lot of progress in the last month, and that's 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 encouraging as we think about where this team needs to end up in the future. All right, I'll take the baton from here, David. I'm going to give it to Eddie Jackson, who was wearing the captain's C on his jersey today. It looks like that might be – we have to follow up and ask Matt Eberflus if that's a permanent promotion uh, with Robert Quinn now gone to Philadelphia, that Eddie slides into that second defensive captain's role. He makes that interception, a really nice play, right, They're showing off the ball skills. And, and for the production he's had through the first eight games of this season, you're looking at an Eddie Jackson that that this team is responding to. And I posted a, a couple co- quotes on Twitter from safeties coach on. Andre Curtis from before the game from earlier in the week, just about the, the, the way that Eddie is, has been magnetic to a lot of guys on this defense and, and, and just has this unique way of leading that that's, that's, that's showing up right now. And obviously when you make plays to back it up, it's a big deal. I will go with Darnell Mooney. I will go with five targets, five catches, 70 yards. And the route that he ran, yeah, that made Trevon Diggs turn and spin. And that's not just any old off-the-street cornerback you signed last week. That's a pro bowler who is elite. And Darnell Mooney gave him all he could handle, and he got open for five uh, catches for 70 yards. And it wasn't a great day prolific-wise for the receiving core or the passing game, 
but he looked like he belonged. And Darnell Mooney is starting to get into a little bit of a groove, and hopefully that will continue. But I think Darnell Mooney would get my game ball today. They almost got him into the end zone in the first half on uh, down near the goal line. But the play you're referring to is that 36-yarder. And I got to tell you, from the press box, that was a really cool view of the route, right? Like watching <laughs> him put that foot in the ground and, and tornado spin a guy and, and be able to get that kind of separation. That's cool stuff. And, and yeah, I think that was a, a good mention there. The only other time I saw a defensive back that overmatched by a, a route in that distance was Jaquan Brisker trying to cover C.D. Lamb on that touchdown. <laughs> he didn't close the gap very well at all on that one. But that's no, a, yeah, and then, and then they did. They didn't. The gaps were a problem today, both the <laughs> running and in pass defense today for the Bears. They just they did they didn't have it. They just didn't have it today. And and you have to hope that they can find it somewhere in the next seven days. All right, Dan. So on Twitter and Take the North Pod, you asked for submissions for the three word description yeah. of this game the way that you and rich campbell did on the uh bear download back in the day and also it's a staple of uh chicago tribune stuff so what uh, what did you think did you get any good submissions i've not yet checked them all right yeah so i'm vetting them as we go here so i'm going to read you a handful of them this okay. one's from at Alina milkman he goes with not enough talent Okay, well, I can I, I feel you there at Atlanta. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. And you let's got, remind people that the, the idea obviously is three words that aptly sums up and describes today. what happened today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at eager Tim when went went with burn those uniforms. Not a fan of the fluorescent orange. Thank you. So, Halloween's <laughs> tomorrow, not today. Get rid of them. <laughs> that was not a uh, a one off either. There's a handful of these that are are dealing with the uniforms today. Uh, we've got one from. At a serpentist who says talent gap insurmountable. That goes to your point earlier about just how much that the Bears have to, uh, to to account for with the talent gap that they have against some of these I quality like opponents. I, I prefer having a verb in there somewhere so it's a short sentence rather than just a fragmented thought. This one is from at Andrew Barent. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he yeah. goes with yeah, but Fields. So obviously <laughs> he acknowledges the loss, but understands that he saw some promising things from his quarterback today. There's going to be a lot of that in Chicago this week. A, a couple more for you. Uh, this one is uh, echoed through a lot of these at Raf Tucker says defense was trash. I don't think he's going to get much uh, pushback to that one. Uh, the similar theme at PJ Daisy 13 goes with make a tackle. Okay, fair enough. You got to tackle Tony Pollard at some point uh, before the game's up. Uh, let me see if I can find one more here for us. A lot of fields and and, and the defense stinking. There's, I, I lost this one, and that, so I don't have the handle of who it was, but it was Fire Ryan Pace, which for me was a, a funny one because people are still stuck in their instinctive uh, ways yeah. of the last two years. And they, the, the, when the three-word reviews were really flowing in 2021 and 2020, that was a, a common one. Uh, and then, let's see, let me get one more for you guys just so we, so we can close it. Uh, this is at Gable Benny, and he says, perfect tank loss. Just wondering if you guys want to evaluate that, if this was a perfect tank loss for the Bears. Well, today. in many ways, it brings the Bears closer to drafting nearer the top, and it also represents progress for the quarterback. So by the to the people who this season is uh, – they have two primary goals. Bears lose as many games as possible, <laughs> but the quarterback develops as much as possible. This game, as much as any other this season, has accomplished both those goals. Yeah, right. And 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 so I mean, look, like you just, you, I'm you not a. Believe- one, do you have a three-word c- combination? Do you have a I probably description? I probably should here, right? Like yeah, I do. I, I will while you think. I, I, well, let me just throw this one out there. Touch him down. <laughs> All right, that's good. That's a verb that has a. Tr- How about this? Hurdle impedes leap. 
I like that. See, now now you're taking my theme next level, and that's what a brainstorming process is all about. So thanks for uh, thanks right. for elevating that. That's what teamwork is, right? That's teamwork. We have <laughs> teamwork here at Take the North Pod. Okay, a couple things I want to ask you before you get out of here. I know yes. you are in the press box. I see a lot of empty chairs behind you. It must mean that everybody just is at the bar because the way you described it, that is a Dallas's finest restaurant. This, this place is – first class in every way in this press box. And if the Bears build one of these new buildings in the next five years and they can't figure out how to take some notes from what we experienced up here, like Ryan Poles and his front office staff were up here. Uh, they got to go to the, the pregame spread, which was almost as good as the halftime spread. I mean, the, the, you can go to my Twitter uh, feed and see the menus that I, I tweeted photos of the menus of the food that was available uh, both at before the game and at halftime. There was a gelato bar here, David. At, <laughs> at halftime. And I also tweeted a picture of what the what the the spread looked like at Soldier Field in September with the you know the you're very familiar with the yeah. meatballs that you've had oh. probably 150 times in the Soldier Delicious. Field press box yeah. yeah they look so scrumptious just next level here in regards to that the beer taps are open I haven't tapped into it right I actually looking over my shoulder right now Chris Emma is at the beer tap over here he's filling up a, a tall one yeah he he, he overfilled yeah. it a little bit uh, Chris I, yeah I, I read his story he was there at halftime by the looks of it so. <laughs> so, so that's it right like and, and look, I mean just first class atmosphere here too beautiful Texas Sunday and and everything uh, that this place is, is is really cool to experience I'll say this we we didn't really talk about this but this was actually an entertaining football game which there's a lot of days that we leave a bears loss and we go why did we waste three plus hours on that i agree T- today was entertaining so like we got we got that out of it two games in a row that were highly watchable uh not the outcome that you wanted but you keep things into perspective and we will look at it again a little closer and come back on tuesday uh with another look and another podcast anything else to add dad dan before we uh close it up yeah, don't call me dad because then I'll have to <laughs> send you to bed early and make sure you're eating your vegetables. And all that. No, I don't think so. I, I was telling studs before we started, this is going to be a, a good opportunity, as we talked about earlier in the week, to not go on the road for a little bit. We get three yeah. weeks before the Bears' next road game. Uh, I think that's going to be good for the team themselves, right, to, to try to settle back into a rhythm here. Uh, they're done with the short weeks for the rest of the year, and now they can get themselves in, in to, to an established rhythm that should help routine, right? I think these two short weeks challenge them in ways, and I told you, in both of them that, that young teams often have struggles with short weeks. I think we saw it against the Commanders and the Cowboys that that was true. He's Dan Wiederer. You can check out his column on the game, the Bears and Cowboys game, 49-29, Cowboys win. You can find his column, chicagotribune.com slash sports. You can find my column on the game on 670thescore.com. It will be there now if you want to go check it out. Check out our podcast at Take the North Pod on Twitter. Also, the podcast can be found on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. This is our post-game pod reaction, episode 23 and a half. We'll be back Tuesday with episode 24. Thank you for listening to the Take the North Podcast. For Adam Studzinski, Dan Reeder, I'm David Haw. Thank you for listening. Great talk. See you out there. 